Welcome back to the second episode of Art Matters. I'm Farron Gibson, and this podcast is produced by Art UK, the online home of the UK's public art collections. Be sure to find us online at artuk.org and on social media at artuk.org. Remember to spell out the word dot for our social channels. If you like what you hear today, I encourage you to subscribe anywhere and everywhere that subscribing is possible so you can be the first to hear any new episodes. With this series, we like to have a taster discussion on the intersections between art and popular culture. And today we're taking on celebrity culture and art. Joining us are three fabulous ladies from the Twitter phenomenon, Tabloid Art History, started in 2016 and boasting features from the likes of Vogue, Vanity Fair, and more. Welcome Elise, Chloe, and Mayen. Hey. Hi. So good to have you here. Oh, thank good you for to having be, us. Yeah. So would it be possible for you to give a kind of summary of tabloid art history and what you do, how it came about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Fundamentally, tabloid art history kind of started as um, a weird form of procrastination. Um, me and Chloe were in lectures together studying art history at the same uni at Edinburgh University. And um, we would kind of sit through lectures and send each other popular cultural images from tabloids and um, compare it to the paintings that we were studying. And this evolved and it became a really amazing way to intersect our love for popular culture and art history. And then I guess one day um, I created the account, shared the password with Chloe and and that was how it was mm. born. Like that, that is how it started. Because I mean, whenever we would be together, like if we'd ever be like, you know, hanging out or like at parties together or nights out, we'd generally devolve into either talking about like the Kardashians or the pre-Raphaelites. So we have like very like, <laughs> like we have like very shared loves. And um, there's like an image floating around comparing um, a picture of Lindsay Lohan to a Bernini statue. And I remember us kind of like talking to each other about how we really love when pop culture and art history intersects. Cause we'd also seen like pictures of um, Kim Kardashian and North compared to Madonna's and Child's. And so we just, kind of started having that sort of discussion about how it's really one of our favorite things when we can intersect these two things that we really love together and just started kind of sending each other comparisons yeah and it's really it's really nuts how that was seeing those kinds of comparisons on the internet what a year and a half ago was so rare they never came up because that was the thing is we were so excited like when we saw little things like that because we felt like art history and pop culture are often viewed as very different things or that like different types of people are interested in them or they're just like the are people like I think devalue that there are connections between them yeah so what's interesting about it is that sometimes these connections seem to be on purpose and sometimes Mm. they seem to be coincidental so I wanted to ask you when you see something like a paparazzi shot of Lindsay Lohan falling down Mm -hmm. or something like that what kind of mental Rolodex are you flipping through that you're able to recall like pre-Raphaelite works by someone, you know, like Frederick Layton or William Holman? I think it really depends on the image because um, with the comparisons we do, sometimes it's that maybe the person will have a physical resemblance to the model or sometimes it will be like they'll look completely different, but their poses are very similar or there might be a Mm -hmm. similar sort of like proper theme. So I think it's really about finding or just like coming across images that have something about them that are really interesting or like unique or idiosyncratic that then you kind of laser point into that and 
kind of you immediately kind of make connections yeah I mean it's the same for you Mayan as well the kind of those having those cultural references and that ingrained academic art history knowledge that is just bullied into you when you're studying it it makes it so easy to find you'd need to really be able to recall Mm -hmm. that imagery wouldn't you yeah I think there's there's a thing about collecting as well that I've realized more and more during the account that I I kind of save images be they pop culture or art history you know sometimes I just like sit and flip through websites so can be the tape website art 2k or the databases that I would use um as a as an undergraduate to find um images for my essays or when I'm on Twitter and I just save pictures on my phone um and I feel like there's there's an act about collecting that I by having the image I kind of remember it and then sort of pair them together or keep on thinking about a picture and then find that resemblance somewhere else if that makes sense yeah, and the, the joy of the account is when you see an image and it, it just comes to you straight away. Yeah. That proper, yeah. that light bulb moment where you're like, oh my God, how did no one see this before? How did this happen? And um, so, so do, do you find, what do you think the split is between images that are like that, where it, it just is serendipitous that they fit together and then how much of it is where an artist is purposely I think it's definitely changed as we've gone on um I think when we began it we we kind of purely or almost exclusively did ones that were completely um just like accidental and um I think just as we go on like we really enjoy like looking at kind of the I don't know like the chronology of art history and the way artists are inspired by each other and create references or yeah I think we've become as we've gone on we've started to look more at deliberate references as well as like accidental ones and I mean I love both of them because I think there's like there's a real enjoyment and interest in both of them for different reasons so I think it's that like kind of melding of like both of those on our feed that I really enjoy. And I I feel that as well like when we've started doing more of the sort of more art directed um, fashion photo shoots and that sort of thing compared to art, a lot of people had that kind of reaction where, well, it's, it's easy. Like they've, they've done that reference on purpose. So it's easy to point it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of missing something very interesting in why they've done that reference and the benefits of kind of digging into that reference because Sometimes as for a trained eye or just, you know, an, an, an eye to look at these pictures, you'll kind of get that reference of, well, that um, photo is a reference to the Prairie to the Madonite Child, to um, Cupid and, and um, Aphrodite. But sometimes it has a benefit to dig deeper. And I feel like Recently, we've had a, a comment on um, retweeting one of the um, Beyonce photo shoot of her twins, of her, yeah, of her being pregnant with mm-hmm. her twins, um, as like, well, it's obviously uh, Aphrodite and, and Cupid's um, reproduction, which we've done. Oh, well, I saw, that's interesting because I definitely saw the Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there's so many, there's so many layers to like yeah. her imagery. And I thought that was that was a bit restrictive to think, yeah, of course, to you know, Western art history. I it would be 
the Aphrodite and Cupid, but there's so much more that that photographer is doing within with that, that same shoot. image. We um we compared it to uh, Venus and Cupid, and we also compared it to um like a a modern copy of like an ancient Egyptian image. And someone commented like, "Oh, but it's obviously uh, Venus and Cupid," mm. and it's like, but I mean, even if it's obviously one of those things, you can still appreciate it within a history of other like reference points. I think. Well, there's, there's also a little bit of Guadalupe in there, if you think about it. Yes. You think of the coloring. and it's, It definitely has the kind of Mexican mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. And yeah, I that. think that's what I really loved about yeah. that and shoot. And, well, so much of what Beyonce does is that there are so many layers and references and, like, it's those melding of those that, in a way that really seems like both really steeped in history but also really fresh and new she's really fantastic at that and also like the people that she collaborates with like they clearly work together to create these like amazing images and I think one of the one of the challenges or the uh, you know we we started this account not really realizing how deep a learning curve it would be for us as content creators for it as as editors because well, that's what we're doing we're editing content we're churning out content for it is the fact that it's so easy because of our background to jump straight to western art mm-hmm. historical references sure. that 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 just yeah. li- it limits you so much and we've really we've really found it enriches our practice as appreciators of art history as art historians ourselves um to to force ourselves to kind of look outside of the established canon and discover new artists well not discover new artists but you know bring to yeah bring to the public you know bring to a public forum artists that have been completely marginalized by Western art history. Most of the time when we create these comparisons, it's that kind of light bulb moment of you are um, associating with something you already yeah. have knowledge of. And if you don't have that knowledge of a like right. more kind of diverse and varied like section of images, then you're not going to make those connections. Yeah, it gets to a point where you're just bored of dead white male artists I I I certainly am so it's nice to bring different people into tabloid art history and kind of preach how good they are really yeah so so in recent years one of the people who has actively been trying to do this um make this kind of marriage between art and Mm -hmm. pop culture is Lady Gaga um and her art pop album is the Mm -hmm most obvious manifestation of this effort right mm-hmm. um with the cover by jeff coons and then the just it's just yeah. loaded with art references mm-hmm. and i wonder what you ladies not only think about that but also what do you feel is the benefit of 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 doing something like that what why why would an artist um draw on or not an artist but a celebrity why would a celebrity want to draw on these art historical references they- communication and the history of art culture and popular culture is definitely more um linked than one might assume um i think what people don't really appreciate enough is that art history was at its time it was kind of the pop culture of when when it was being created it was a piece of pop culture um and so really her being influenced by various Mm. artists is no different than you know like someone like Botticelli being influenced by artists that have like come before him 
Mm-hmm, true. Yeah, and absolutely. And she did reference Botticelli and in, in her um, yeah. art pop. Yeah, and there's also a difference as well between um, engaging with art as is being made today and engaging with art history. And I think there's a lot of artists doing both of these things today, and always have done both of these things today. Because Lady Gaga is not necessarily the first one to have had a um, a cover of an album being made by an artist, but in terms of looking at a canon of art history, I think is very much about situating yourself within history and understanding the history of vision and, and how we've made sense of others and, and ourselves um, and many different themes through vision alone. And I think, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of like Beyonce and Solange do that a lot. Um, and just bringing up these, these comparison is very important to understand as well the the heavy politics behind that representation she she almost seems as um like the the reverse of an andy warhol who is um trying to connect his art practice to Mm. um celebrity culture by representing people like marilyn monroe joan collins etc but and she's taking it the other direction where she's she was such a big celebrity is is still and she really was trying to integrate herself into the art world almost in a way of validation or, or something i mean this is this is the thing this is what it comes back to i mean the 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 separation between celebritydom and you know high art it's, it, it, it remains this kind of gaping void. It's, it's one of the reasons why I think um, Shia LaBeouf and his collective don't receive nearly as much critical attention as they should. But, um, it, you know, if you're a celebrity and you start making these very self-aware references to art history, to Andy Warhol, to pop art, to Basquiat, you are elevating yourself and your kind yeah. of... Um, cultural capital like not to get all Marxist or anything but you know that is that is essentially what you're doing you're aligning yourself with this powerful very influential highbrow world and it and it and it and it gives you a platform I mean I I think I think Lady Gaga is fantastic but I think one of the in terms of female artists Mayan is completely right I think Beyonce and Solange's intersection of art and the narratives of art within their albums and within their photo shoots and um, choreography is just stunning. And Lord mm-hmm. as well. Can we please talk about Lord and her Jenny? <laughs> oh, <yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> Which aspect of Lord is it that you think um, is, is touching on art in a really interesting way? We were talking about Lord in terms of talking about the fallen woman, which is um, for context something that we were talking with you for an earlier um, when we first had um, our telephone call and this idea of um, the fallen woman through art history and through the sort of early 20, 2000s um, icon like Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears and the idea of you know the the trash and the the fallen into drugs and promiscuity and all of that um and I mean the Amy Winehouse yeah, is a great example yeah um and I thought about where it was today and why it was that I wasn't really finding in in the people that I admire today that resistance to the fallen woman and I feel like a lot of the big album that have been released since 2016 kind of touch on this and even like even TV shows as well with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and all of that idea of really subverting everything that's been taken against us as 
being crazy and being fallen. Um, and melodrama is such a, such a brilliant album about emotion and really processing everything that goes through a huge change and grief. Cause she, she wrote this after a breakup um, and she stayed with her ex-boyfriend, I think for several years because um, they were together when she released her first album. Do you feel like she's purposely in some way referencing some kind of art historical, um, you know, reference points or is it something that you see in the work that she's doing or the uh, maybe editorial depictions of her yes, yeah. across media? Or? No, I mean, like she, she has a song about the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, about the idea of kind of almost framing your emotions as this piece of yeah. art in a way that kind of uplifts it from this sordid, tragic narrative of, oh, I, I feel so rubbish to something that can inspire you and kind of fulfill you and you know putting it putting it on the wall of the Louvre I mean all that imagery is just amazing I mean her artwork itself the art the album artwork is an artwork yeah. I mean the photo shoots that she's done at since then we, we you know we've talked about the fact that she's referencing artists such as I mean not only is she referencing artists but the photographers she's working with are definitely representing icons such as I don't know Andrew Wyeth um Hopper, I mean, all, the, all those kind of feelings of female loneliness is such a common yeah. thing in that um, kind of like the artwork, of, like, and, in a, yeah, like almost like yes. a little bit of a dreamy quality. That yeah, the dreaminess, the uncanny—that's such a prevalent thing in you know the American art of the what of the fifties of the fifties and sixties, and sure. I think part of I think one of the things that we like with tabloid art history is we're kind of giving these celebrities, giving these artists the benefit of the doubt where we're thinking, you know, these these individuals are clever, cultured women, yeah. men. They must be aware of what they're referencing and that deserves discussion. Well, even, um, and, and that's what I'm saying. Solange's mum, uh, Tina Nils Lawson, did an interview, like I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, where, oh no, sorry, I think it was Solange who did the interview who was talking about how their mother gave them art history lessons when they were younger. And yeah. it was one of those things that I read that and I was just like, <laughs> that literally makes complete sense. I kind of assumed yeah. this anyway, because like. It does make sense. I didn't know that because you look at Solange and she's performing in um, the Guggenheim, you know, she's, she's, she's doing these exceptionally artistic performance Mm -hmm. and her stage design and all of these things. It's, she's, it's clear that she's presenting herself as Mm. a visual artist as a as a, well, a full in, artist rather in, than um, just like one of her videos like, she like specifically did a very like visual reference to a uh, Lynette Yeodon Baioki's work yeah um That's what I was about yeah, she's yes. clearly like yeah like is very influenced by and engaged with on uh, like art and art historical practices mm. so I wanted to touch on something else outside of music uh briefly if we can mm-hmm. because I noticed that you guys uh, also reference uh, two of my other guilty pleasures, I guess, which are Real Housewives yeah, and Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, this is the this again. This is this is why I love mm-hmm. doing what we do. We, <laughs> I remember when I was when I was a kid, so not a kid but a teenager, and I would be like studying for my exams and stuff, and I'd be watching the Kardashians or Real Housewives, or and my dad would come into the room and be like, switch. At least switch that rubbish off. It's so funny. <laughs> switch it off. 
now look at us. I'm like, yeah, dad, <laughs> look what we're doing. <laughs> Pop culture is so good for yeah. your yeah. soul, I think. Yeah. I mean, just this lighthearted, these lighthearted yeah. things are good for, like, it's, it's just so good to um, you <laughs> not be weighed down by life. Well, I think the thing is as well is that pop, with pop culture, you can both enjoy it in a totally lighthearted way of like yeah. when I watch The Real Housewives on some level, I just like watching women have arguments and look beautiful and throw wine at each other. It's just lighthearted entertainment. But also <laughs> then um, there's this great, uh, there's a guy who writes um, recaps for Vulture um, about the Real Housewives called Brian Moylan. And he basically, he did a video where he talked about how the best way to view the Real Housewives is if they are matriarchs in a Tennessee Williams play. And like, I think you so can like enjoy pop culture within that like wider kind of history of literature are or you, you can you can make these connections and you can yeah. enjoy these like aspects or influences on them as well but also if people want to enjoy things just for the sake of enjoying them I think that's really worthy as well yeah I mean but I fa- think it does somehow elevate things to if if you post a picture on on your twitter and it's you know that some two housewives mid-fight or something like that and next to some mm-hmm. some beautiful image some beautiful painting that's similar enough. I think you posted one of with someone yes, fixing. Yes, it was Marlo. It was a so Nini, and it was like a recent episode yes. of uh, Real Housewives Atlanta. Nini and Portia were having like a huge argument while they were at the table, and Nini's bun just like came undone as she was fighting, and her friend Marlo was like sitting next to her, and just so nonchalantly, Nini kept arguing, kept right looking at Portia, kept like speaking to her, and Marlo just like beautifully fixed her bun gave her a little bop on the head and then just like stepped back (laughs) it was was amazing it's just interesting to me how even though you know fine art can be seen as such a a high thing and such a a hard to relate to thing Mm -hmm. it somehow humanizes them to see these paintings next to them and it's a really interesting effect well I mean this is the thing is that like yeah obviously human history and human you know the the way we are and relate to each other in some ways it changes a lot but in a lot of ways human nature is very much the same throughout human history people have the same kind of relationships and impulses and ways of relating to each other you know like a lot of things do change but I I do think we maybe don't appreciate how much they stay the same like I, I do think there's maybe a tendency to view people from the past are slightly like dehumanized or um, kind of detached from mm. us as if they are somehow less people or less like human or are at least human or people in a different way than us. Whereas really, in a lot of ways, human nature is very universal. Well, that makes it all feel really, really deep as if there's <laughs> the art is kind of like this thread that... Mm-hmm gives us yeah. this kind of human connection mm-hmm. to each other so it kind of and like just yeah. to, just to bring it back to your point Farron about um the kind of the humanizing like the fact that we're kind of humanizing art um I think the art world is so alienating as it is it's so hard to get into it's kind of this weird ivory tower that you know is is only for so long it's been seen as only accessible to a very privileged minority of people and you know what we what we're doing I like to think is yeah we're we're putting a human face on it we're kind of poking fun of it we're and it's really accessible isn't it yeah exactly you'd be surprised 
you know, a lot of people really don't like what we're doing and they don't like what we're doing because we're making it accessible and because we are challenging the stereotype of, um, of art history as something that can only be seen through a very academic and very serious lens. And I think a lot of people as well want to perceive history as, you know, success, an addition of success and progress and, and the idea and thinking about the way we teach history of art as well, like the idea of having a constant progress toward a better form of art and, and, you know, trying to hit that goal of, of the perfect art. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to say in linking contemporary events and, and culture to culture of the past. And obviously they've always influenced each other, you know, um, movement throughout history but there's also this idea that people from the past weren't necessarily lower than us like they they also had as many of of the resources intellectually that we may have today to a certain extent but this idea of you know progress will will come on its own there's no work to be done here there is work to be done here it's it's you know it's an active position that you take to make progress in the world um, just like we said of, of um, trying to actively get out of the Western canon. Um, and I think that kind of brings you back when, when you see these comparisons, um, some of them, um, to think in terms of, of what's your place in history and, and what you can do, um, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm feeling very... Um, abstract tonight yeah. so I don't really know if I make any sense of that. <laughs> no. I, I, I feel like this has all come to a kind of really beautiful conclusion somehow this is something <laughs> this is ended up much more philo- philosophical than I was expecting at the start of the conversation so it's really nice to kind of think about it in that way yeah and Farron you you, you mm-hmm. thought you were just going to be talking to us about tabloid <laughs> culture and art like <laughs> yeah I know I know, I know. Well, it's and it's such a big top the 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 joy and pain, I guess, yeah. of this series is that um, it's a lot of big topics that we're yeah. tackling. And um, these really are just tasters into it. And it's so, like, sad as I as I realize the episode's coming to an end to, to think, like, really, this conversation could go on for hours and hours more. Um, but we'll have to leave it here. But I, I will refer um, everyone to your um, to your Twitter account so that they can follow along with you and just laugh and be impressed by your what I think is genius basically that you're able to make these connections so that's at tabloid art hist um so h-i-s-t it ends in yeah and we've got an instagram now oh it's instagram shift at work nonsense kind of inspired you to dig further into pop culture and art history we'll also have a volume two of our zine so if there's any writer um, or illustrator listening to us that will come very soon in February. So you can submit your own piece. Okay, nice. So then what I'll say then is that we'll link, um, we'll link out to you, your Instagram, your Twitter, and then yeah. if you have a link about, you have a website as well. Yeah, yeah we've got um, Yep. So I'll link to all of that on our website and uh, people can find your information there. And then also just 
do a search on social channels if all else fails for tabloid art history and, and it's pretty yeah. searchable. It'll all come up. Um, um, so if you're interested in seeing some of the works that we've discussed today that we have on the Art UK website or additional information mentioned in this conversation, uh, please head over to artuk.org. And if you have um, a pencil handy, you can go to artuk.org slash about slash art dash matters and that's the page that has information about all of our podcasts and all the links that i promised um and uh thank you so much ladies for joining us today it's been such an interesting conversation i really do feel kind of zen after speaking to you it's like a nice philosophical conversation (laughs) this this never happens this is (laughs) so thank you everyone for tuning in today and tune in for the next episode where we will talk about more possibly uh the next episode is looking like women and arts